This is West Virginia Morning. I'm Teresa Wills. West Virginia has seen a huge jump in companies declaring their intentions to open new manufacturing facilities here. But do we have enough people here to fill those jobs? We're just trying to provide ways for you know high school graduates to go through the process of earning an associate's degree, certificates, simulated workplaces, whatever the placement, whatever the case may be, and get them in the workforce faster. That story and more coming up this West Virginia morning. Support for West Virginia Morning is proudly provided by Luke Frazier. The American Lung Association released its annual State of Tobacco Control Report Wednesday, naming West Virginia among the worst scoring states in the union. According to the report, tobacco use remains the leading cause of preventable death and disease in America and takes the lives of 4,280 West Virginia residents each year. Jennifer Folkenroth is the Senior National Director of the American Lung Association. In West Virginia alone, the average adult smoking rate is coming in at 22%. And when it comes to our high school students and the vaping epidemic, 40.6% of high school students have been using at least one tobacco product. That is a huge number. This year's report noted the need for West Virginia policymakers to focus on increasing funding for tobacco prevention and quit smoking programs, in addition to preserving local control of smoke-free laws throughout the state. For Appalachia Health News, I'm Emily Rice in Charleston. Appalachia Health News is a project of West Virginia Public Broadcasting with support from Charleston Area Medical Center and Marshall Health. Advocates held a community forum in Shepherdstown Wednesday to discuss potential action to regulate harmful forever chemicals. Shepard Snyder has more. These chemicals are called PFAS. Berkeley, Jefferson, and Morgan counties are considered one of the PFAS hot zones with unsafe levels found in 21 water supplies in the area. Panelists, including West Virginia Rivers Coalition scientist Jenna Dodson, explained what that meant to concerned citizens. They're in our waterways, it's in our soil, it's in our air because it also travels via air deposition and so that's why they're so ubiquitous and, and again localized contamination um, can occur. Legislators introduced a bill in the state Senate Thursday that would see manufacturers self-report their usage of PFAS chemicals. It was sent to the Agriculture and Natural Resources Committee for discussion. A similar bill is set to be introduced in the House of Delegates. For West Virginia Public Broadcasting, I'm Shepard Snyder in Martinsburg. One question facing West Virginia is, do we have enough people here to fill all the new jobs coming to the state? Reporter Randy Yowie spoke with Senator Roland Roberts, a Republican from Raleigh County, and Delegate Evan Worrell, a Republican from Cabell County. They both serve as the chairman of the workforce committees in their respective chambers. Let's start out with a question on workforce participation. Uh, We've got record levels of unemployment, but West Virginia's workforce participation rate is lowest in the country, has been for a long time. What can we do to change that, get people in the workforce, and maybe explain first what workforce participation is? Yeah, so uh, I think the biggest thing about workforce participation is how many people are eligible to work, right, that are, are they working or not working? And I think the biggest issue we see here is uh, what, what are the workforce demands of the state? What are the needs we have in the state? 
And on the House side, one of the things we're working on is a dual enrollment bill, first and foremost, and what that'll end up doing, and other states have been doing this for years, uh, we're just trying to provide ways for you know high school graduates to go through the process of earning an associate's degrees, certificates, simulated workplaces, whatever the placement, whatever the case may be, uh, and get them in the workforce faster. You know, get them interested in the workforce and show them what opportunities there are available to them to get them in the workforce faster. I think that's one avenue of many that there, we could take to help get people in the workforce quicker. There are some dual enrollment classes already. What we want to do is expand that, right? Yep. So, so some counties do that with the current community technical colleges. We want to expand that statewide, provide a funding mechanism because we do see some lower income families that aren't able to participate in, in the dual enrollment classes, as well as the CTE, the career and technical education pieces. And another avenue is also looking at the apprenticeship programs, you know, providing associate's degrees that they earn through that apprenticeship program so that they, it makes our college attainment rates look better as well, which obviously makes West Virginia look more economically viable as well. How about on the Senate side? Well, what we uh, can understand is that the workforce participation rate has ticked up in the last few years uh-huh. from what it was. So we're not still going down with that. I think maybe for many decades we have been at the bottom, but that is, that is changing. I do have some numbers I can throw at you. Uh, for instance, uh, West Virginia ranks now 28th in the top two-thirds of the nation, uh, which is five above the national average in personal income increase uh-huh. right now. That's a nice statistic to be able to hear about. Uh, there's another one, and that is that we are in the top 15 of improvement in the number of employees that we have had in the last year. We've had an increase of 120,000 employee positions filled in West Virginia. That is significant across the nation. So we are making some headway, obviously another issue. It's not our topic directly, but indirectly it does uh, apply. And that is the broadband. We have had in, in the last year 130,000 West Virginia residents that have been connected for the first time to broadband. That is huge. Well, and since we saw the revelation during COVID of everybody starting to work from home, work from their computer, it's, it has set a whole new mindset up in both the country and I guess the state of West Virginia as well. Mm-hmm. Um, you mentioned a couple of things in apprenticeships and you flew by that pretty quick. But I've done a couple of stories and find out that West Virginia is fifth in the nation in apprenticeships. And it kind of makes sense to me. And these apprenticeships, I mean, this goes back to the medieval days even. <laughs> but it's not an internship where you're not going to get paid. It's where you're learning that trade. You're getting paid for it. And then when you've learned it and worked your way up the ladder, you've established yourself with a career and a good paying job. How important is it to continue this apprenticeship program that West Virginia is doing so well at? Yeah. So. Correct, and that is a big deal. You earn <clears throat> while you learn. And so that puts people, like I said, on the, on the job site quicker, uh, and they're learning that. But I think the biggest issue we're seeing is that when we see those low college attainment rates, and Speaker Hanshaw has been very great in supporting this, uh, we, we, I don't think it's taken into consideration individuals who go into the apprenticeship program. So that's one of the reasons we want to look at the associate degrees. And so when we started having this conversation with higher education, we realized these apprenticeship programs might be three to four, sometimes five general education requirements short of, a, of earning an associate's degree. So one of the ways to look at that, once again, is to, find, is to put those classes inside the apprenticeship program, and uh, that will help individuals, once again, earn those associate's degrees. Now, the biggest thing is that we need to make sure that our kids know about these programs. 
a lot of times information and communication is key and by allowing these apprenticeship programs inside the high schools and the career and technical education centers as we're seeing expanded across the state uh, that's going to be key to making sure they're aware of the opportunities available to them. That was Randy Yoe speaking with Delegate Evan Worrell and Senator Roland Roberts for the legislature today. To hear more of that interview, visit our website, wvpublic.org. It's 7.52. This is West Virginia Morning. Scattered snow flurries this morning, partial clearing in the afternoon, highs in the 30s and low 40s, breezy tonight with a chance of rain or snow, lows in the 20s and 30s. Tomorrow, a chance of rain in the south with mostly cloudy skies, highs in the 30s and 40s. Support for the weather forecast is provided by the attorneys at Taurus Save a Law, representing firefighters, police officers, and West Virginia families. Information at TaurusSaveAlaw.com. Make a pledge of $13 a month online at WVPublic.org, and we'll send you a one-pound box of Hall's chocolates. That's at WVPublic.org. Org or call 1-800-RADIO-87. On this week's Encore broadcast of Mountain Stage, we welcome Peter Mulvey, who is joined by Michigan-based string duo Sister Strings who have a set of their own earlier in the show. We're also joined by the incomparable Jill Sobley, plus duo performance from cellist Ben Soley and vocalist Scott Smith, who preview their upcoming release as Smith and Soley. Our song of the week comes from the powerful voice and insightful songwriter of Kishona. Written along with Mika Dalton, Cleft of the Rock is included in Kishona's 2021 release, Live from the Sanctuary. No, no, we ain't gonna go. Just gonna rest our bones in the cleft of the rock. Keep on marching on.
was Kishona performing Cleft of the Rock on the Mountain Stage. To hear the full performance and more, tune in Saturdays at 6 and Sundays at noon right here on West Virginia Public Broadcasting. West Virginia Morning is a production of West Virginia Public Broadcasting, which is solely responsible for its content. You can keep up with the latest West Virginia news throughout the day on our website, wvpublic.org. Support for our news bureaus comes from West Virginia University, Concord University, and Shepherd University. Appalachia Health News is a project of West Virginia Public Broadcasting with support from Charleston Area Medical Center and Marshall Health. West Virginia Morning is produced with help from Bill Lynch, Caroline McGregor, Curtis Tate, Chris Schultz, Emily Rice, Eric Douglas, Liz McCormick, Randy Yoey, and Shepard Snyder. Eric Douglas is our news director, and he produced today's show. I'm your host, Teresa Wills. This is West Virginia Morning.